Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another adventure in Angular. This week, I'm your host, Charles Maxwood, and we are talking to Wycliffe Mina. Now, do you want to introduce yourself, let people know who you are and why you're famous? <laughs> oh, don't say I'm exactly famous. <laughs> Infamous, huh? I'm yeah, <laughs> not that definitely. I hope I'll probably be, you know, I don't even think uh, there's anything like bad said about it. Publicity. <laughs> <laughs> so probably take that. So <laughs> anyway, my name is Maina Wycliffe, a software engineer from Kenya, an Angular GDE a few months uh, ago. Actually, a few weeks, uh, not months, uh, as from others. And oh, cool. I love teaching TypeScript. I, I don't even want to call myself an expert, but I know one or two things about TypeScript. And mm-hmm. I love teaching TypeScript and how the, the all things TypeScript newsletter, where I said a weekly lessons for developers to run TypeScript and so that they can get the most out of it. Very cool. Hey, folks, this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs. And lately, I've been working on actually building out Top End Devs. If you're interested, you can go to topendevs.com slash podcast, and you can actually hear a little bit more about my story, about why I'm doing what I'm doing with Top End Devs, why I changed it from uh, devchat.tv to Top End Devs. But what I really want to get into is that I have decided that I'm going to build the platform that I always wished I had with devchat.tv and I renamed it to Top End Devs because I want to give you the resources that are going to help you to build the career that you want, right? So whether you want to be an influencer in tech, whether you want to go and just max out your salary and then go live a lifestyle with your family, your friends, or just traveling the world or whatever, I, I want to give you the resources that are going to help you do that. We're going to have career and leadership resources in there, and we're going to be giving you content on a regular basis to help you level up and max out your career. So go check it out at topendevs.com. If you sign up before my birthday, that's December 14th. If you sign up before my birthday, you can get 50% off the lifetime of your subscription. Once again, that's topendevs.com. So this is like I've seen different newsletters, right? I've seen newsletters where basically it's like, here are all the links from this week, right? And then I've seen others where, yeah, it's, hey, let's, let's walk through and explain how how the technology works and we're going to teach something new every week so yeah i'm kind of curious you know what's your approach here because i have to admit i just barely subscribed like two seconds ago and <laughs> yeah this is an interesting thing because uh has been available for six months so initially it was accumulation of links from the previous week mm-hmm. but i mostly focused on things that i came across myself rather than con- focusing on new content from the last week and then with the time i, I started asking myself how do i add more value or do I provide values to my readers? As uh, when you get to 100 subscribers, you have now to ask, am I doing justice to uh, these people who have subscribed and I'm, uh, I'm sending something to their inbox once a week? How do mm-hmm. I make sure they are getting value for their subscription? So I started adding what we call concepts or explaining new concept in TypeScript. Mm-hmm. And I, I I used to have both of them in the same newsletter. So you get every Monday morning, you get this huge uh, newsletter, which had lessons, a sort of like concept, which is what I call concept. I also thought the idea of having a challenge in there. But mm-hmm. the logistical out that is a little bit difficult to accomplish. So I might do it, I might come back with it a little bit later, but not at the moment. And then you'd have another section below that for articles, which are from mostly from the last week, but uh, things that I have read myself. And then some tweets mm-hmm. from a few famous people on Twitter and also interesting things. But with time, I've, I have started to sort of like evolve the newsletter and doing away with the curated section and then uh, focusing more on delivering concepts. So at the moment, I usually I'm trying to move into two twice a week, setting it twice a week. And so mm-hmm. I have one on Monday, which is larger section. That is, so in this case, I go deep dive into a larger topic and then I have like a, a midweek or what I am calling midweek scoop which is basically a small, a small topic which is mostly to elicit discussion so I'm asking a question uh, giving my opinion and everyone is free to sort of like share their opinion and hopefully with time more people will engage and then uh, we can all learn together because like I said I know one, one or two things but a lot of things I don't know so I'm, I'm trying to hear for I'm trying to learn you are trying and I want people to run with me and then I'll share what I know and if you have something that you think I you know better than I am I'm, I'm willing to hear from you and I'm willing you to share uh, I want you to share with my audience 
Cool. So, yeah, I kind of looked through the list as well. And it looks like, yeah, you've kind of got that mix going. So, yeah. So what's what's kind of the overall focus then? Is is it to help people level up with TypeScript and more the teaching? Or is it more kind of letting people know what's happening out there in the TypeScript community or... Yeah, for me, my most focus on is when I think about TypeScript, I usually think about it in two parts. First, there is the typing system, mm-hmm. uh, which a lot of people usually don't understand very well. And then there's the relationship between TypeScript and JavaScript. Right. So uh, my goal is to try to explore this, these two things separately so that I'm able to help you design better types. I'm able to help you write a more type-safe program. Uh, or code so that so the way you should think about it is when you're creating your own types you're thinking about uh, declaration of intention this is what i want and then mm-hmm. actually we're going to check out your types and all your intention let's use that and look at your code and say does it this live up to your intention or not the better you're able to do it or the the better you're able to design your types so the more stricter or the more precise to your intention they are the better for the better your code is going to work both right. uh, during the compilation process and during the uh, building process on the other side we have the javascript relationship part so because you need to understand that types don't exist at runtime once the transpilation process is done so you need to understand what behavior to expect during compilation and what behavior to expect when JavaScript takes over your code, and you're able to see, uh, you're, uh, you're able to see some, uh, let me call them weird bugs, and you're able, you may be able to explain them and how you can guard against those ones. Hoping that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. So, I'm, I'm a little curious. Then, where do people's understanding fall apart with these different two things? One way I think uh, a lot of people, or one mistake I see a lot of people make, uh, especially those who are new to TypeScript, is thinking my types exist in runtime. Uh, uh-huh. Thinking the, beha- the behavior I expect from TypeScript is the same behavior I expect on runtime. So, for instance, if you have uh, data from an external source, maybe a HTTP request, and then it comes in, you don't do any validation, and uh, maybe you use an assertion to uh, inform TypeScript what that data is, and then if that data is wrong in the runtime, types is not going to help you here. So if you right. if you're able to link those two together so that you're able to know, yeah, in this case I'm on my own. So I need to figure out how to make sure the data I'm working with is the correct data. Mm-hmm. If my model is wrong, or if the data model or the data shape I have, uh, the idea of the data shape I have is wrong then you're going, obviously, to have bugs in the runtime. And once you start to understand that the, uh, JavaScript and TypeScript are the same, but also separate a little bit, then you're able to link this relationship much better so that you're able to make it work for you. That makes sense. Yeah. So I guess the other thing that I'm curious about as we kind of dive into some of this content is how do you find stuff to post about every week? I get asked this about the podcasts. And and I have my own secrets and I'll, or, or my own tricks, I guess. They're not secrets. You know, and I may share some ideas too, but I'm curious, you know, how, how do you find stuff to post about every week or uh, twice a week to, or, what? you know, however often you're doing it? <laughs> to, to be honest, I'm surprised I have been able to sustain this for as long as I have. Like, I think a few days ago, I was just saying, I'm surprised I've been able to post consistently every week for the last six months. Mm-hmm. And one thing, one thing I usually love doing is that I have uh, this list, uh, which is a list of topics which I would really like to explore. Mm-hmm. And every time something comes to mind, I usually go, I usually put it in there. It doesn't matter what it's about. So, so I have like this list for all things types. These are topics I want to cover in future. And at the moment, it has like about twelve posts, uh, twelve items. Mm-hmm. And each week, I should go through that and say, so this this one is very good to explore into di- di- in, uh, to dig deeper into it, while this one is small enough to fit into something like a midweek scoop, and then I push it in there. Sometimes you read to some interesting uh, things like this week. So the issue for next week on uh, Monday, I am, oh, this will be published by then, so <laughs> probably it should be out, was, uh, was supposed to be this week's midweek, midweek scoop. And once I started writing down, I realized, no, uh, if I do it the way I initially thought I would do it, I will not do it justice. I will not do, do justice mm-hmm. at all. 
So I started writing before I know it, I have like uh, this issue, which is almost a thousand words, uh, which was uh, for here I was saving for 300 because the more I look at it, yes, the more I, I need to explain this concept, I need to explain that concept. And in there right. you find yourself like with this content that is linking to each other in a way, but also explaining uh, different concepts from different approaches. So for instance, in this case, I was looking at, I was thinking about uh, how do you work with external data? When you're working with TypeScript data, that TypeScript has no idea what it is. So how do you do you convert that, or how do you inform that uh, TypeScript this data is of this type? Right. And then once I started going down into it, initially it was like ah, that's going to be 300 words that I'm done, and now I have an unfinished issue <laughs> that's going to go <laughs> <to> convert it, <laughs> which is right. really larger. <laughs> so it seems like most of the time that's what I do, and sometimes people ask questions. Sometimes I'm I'm like writing some code on something and I see someone has done something and that piques my interest. And I'm like, I have to explore this one and then write about it. Because the biggest challenge I find with writing is thinking what you know, uh, what you know is not worth telling to someone else. So you end mm-hmm. up restricting the amount of content you have. Is like uh, thinking what you know is obvious, but in most cases it's not. So it's all about uh, finding those those things that you implicitly know or you learned from someone else or some uh, mm-hmm. someplace else, and then explaining and exploring them. And sometimes this leads you into a path whereby you learn a lot even by yourself while on something that you thought you knew. Makes sense. It looks like you do do the top articles of the week thing too, or at least. I just clicked the collection. There's only one that I'm seeing, and that's from last week. Yeah. So, yeah. so how how do you find those? Good old fashioned RSS. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So, sh- should I give away one of my tricks? Because uh, because I do this right, and it's kind of a mix. Like I do pull stuff from. How do I put it? So I do do stuff in the sense that yeah, you know, like newsletters like yours, right? Because yeah. a lot of times, if you've already curated good stuff, yeah. you know, I have a better chance of selecting it. And then what's funny is, is by the time the podcast comes out, it's been three or four weeks. And so people may say, oh, I saw that in JavaScript Weekly or, you know, all things TypeScript. But the flip side is, is that most people, they don't make the connection, even if they're subscribed to the email list. And so that works out for me, right? Because, you know, I get credit for finding good stuff and you gave it to me, right? <laughs> but the the other thing that's also interesting is, yeah, I use RSS and I've been trying to find a good new RSS uh, aggregator, right? Where you can just say, Hey, these blogs tend to put out good stuff, you know. So, and we follow. I, what is it? It's Angular. I can't remember. There's there's a blog that they get people to write on that that do, uh, does so a bunch on, of Angular stuff on Dev Yeah, not Dev Though you can subscribe to some of their channels. It's I'm gonna think of it in like ten minutes, and we're gonna be talking <laughs> about something else. But anyway, but yeah. So you know, I'll subscribe to those. I've been looking at Feedbin lately to use that but it's a good way to kind of see what's popping up on on the radar right another great place to for that i find stuff is just conferences right and that also gives you a good idea of what other people who curate content are looking at and they're usually people who are doing dev day in and day out right or run a company that has to stay on top of it and so they generally not always but generally have a pretty good idea of what people want to hear and if people submit talks along those lines, they're, it's, it's usually pretty easy to pick out the good ones. And we run conferences too, right? So our, ours are all online, which is uh, a whole lot less involved. But uh, yeah, that, that's one of the tricks that I use. So yeah, I just put that out there. But RSS is definitely the way to go because you can, you can usually pull blogs, you can pull podcasts, you can pull. I think there's a trick yes. to get YouTube channels. Feedbin, I think, will also let you do Twitter accounts. And so, you 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 know, you'll see stuff float past and then you can kind of go, oh, that looks interesting. So then you go look at it and decide if that makes sense. But yeah, RSS is definitely the way to go because you find a new resource and you just go RSS it. Um, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, I think, I think Reddit might have RSSs. I can't remember. One of them does. One of the sharing platforms yeah. out there does. Anyway, yeah, I think Reddit has, but another source where, uh, which has RSS is Medium. 
Yes. And you can basically say, give me all topics, uh, all articles on TypeScript. The problem with the medium, you get a lot of articles. So you have to do a very good, good job of sifting the yeah. content. Yeah, you have to go look at it, make sure it's good. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes if I like uh, don't look at my feed, I use Feedly instead of Feedbin. And instead, if I don't look at my Feedly for like a day, I should open up and I'm overwhelmed with like hundreds of articles. And most of the time, those usually goes to waste because I don't really have the time to read the individual yeah. articles to determine if they are okay. And apart from those that from those specific sources, I know uh, this person posts a single article once a week, so I have to uh, pay attention to them if they have anything on them. Right. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, so, <laughs> so mostly leading through RSS, and and I don't. I'm not subscribed to a lot of like aggregating newsletters. So I usually occasionally find a good one that comes my way through the email, but not a lot. A lot by that, but most of the other content I consume that via feed, even if it's uh, like uh, content from ngconf and so mm-hmm. all that comes through Feedly, and then uh, I know like uh, our new content has been posted. It makes it easier for me to track everything in a single place. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, one other thing that I'm, uh, yeah, that's but yeah, Medium was built on blogging, and a long time ago, you're probably old enough to remember this. I, I definitely am, but uh, the way that you found content from blogs was RSS. Anymore, I don't see people doing it as much. I tend to see people, like they'll just do a Google search if they want to find a blog post on a thing. Or they'll click through some kind of curated content medium like yours. But yeah, the medium definitely does put up an RSS feed. So Yeah, the one thing, the other one source which I haven't thought much about or haven't used before, but I'm considering is it's data.dev seems to have some nice content in there, so, uh, sort of like curation content. Data.dev? Yeah, data.dev, if I'm not mistaken. Data. Yeah, I'd love to get, you know, kind of a list of where you look, but um, <laughs> be, because, it, you know, it's one thing to, to have you curate the list, but it's another thing just to kind of be able to go through and pick and choose. Which, uh, yeah. I think I can send a screenshot for of this yeah. about uh, about sixteen sources at the moment. I have been trying to reduce the number because it got to a point where I was getting so much noise, and it was a lot of work to cut through that noise. Especially once you go spend the day on a conference and then come back home in the evening, and you're like, "Oh my God, this is way too much for me <laughs> yeah. to go through." And despite having categorized like my contents from various sources so that it's easier for me to keep track of, it's still, you still get, get get overwhelmed once in a while. Yep. Yeah, one other trick, you mentioned RSS. And if I remember right, um, GitHub provides RSS feeds. So like if you're watching a repo mm-hmm. and you want to see the releases or commits or whatever, I think they provide RSS so you can keep track of things. So I'm still working on my resource list, but one of the things that I thought about adding in is the ECMAScript where they discuss the new standards. That's all in a GitHub repo. And so just follow that and see if I can find, you know, commits or comments or whatever. So Yeah, that would be nice. I haven't thought of using it with GitHub. Now that's been added to the list of things I might want to explore. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. That's interesting, though. So you just you just have a, a set of RSS feeds that you're subscribed to, and then you... Yeah, so what I should do is that every morning when I wake up, I should open my RSS feed and look at anything that jumps out as interesting. Uh-huh. And then throughout the day, I'll do that. But uh, when I usually like start clearing all, everything is in the evening. This is when I like go through it thoroughly. Uh, marking everything as red if I don't find anything as interesting. So I, right. I'm usually mocking at that time. So for instance, in the morning, what I'll do is uh, there are a few publications I know that have very good quality. So those I'll pay more attention to in the morning. But in the evening, I try to like uh, start from the top to the bottom without uh, worrying about the order in which they are, trying to mm-hmm. see if there is something interesting. And then I'll probably open up, skim through it. And if it's interesting, then add it to pocket so that I'll read it later and say I have to read read into that and then once I have read it I'll decide whether it goes to my articles for 
for that week uh, when I used to have those weekly articles. I'm trying to move away from that so that I can do that on a bi-weekly late so that it's a de- an independent uh, issue that's sent out. Otherwise, you end up with this huge newsletter which gets cut off. Right. Yeah. So I'm here with JD from Raygun. JD, why did you start Raygun? You know, I, I started Raygun. It was actually our 11th product that we built. So, you know, if you're a fellow software engineer thinking you want to build something and build a business, this was the 11th try, right? And we built it because way back when I was writing more code for customers, I used to instrument my code to send an email to myself when something went wrong. And it would let me kind of get in front of the issue before the customer complained. And so we built a, a whole product called Raygun for crash reporting initially. Uh, it expanded out into other areas, but it was really just building a full solution to what I'd been doing years earlier to try and build better software. I love that. Just scratching your own itch. It makes a ton of sense. And and I do that too with some of the stuff that I'm doing, either with podcasting or programming. Yeah, absolutely. The The most awkward thing was when we actually instrumented some of those prior 11 products. And that's when we realized that about 1% of users will ever actually report an issue. And you go, oh, we might have been a lot more successful earlier if we'd known that. <laughs> so that's kind of the whole value prop of Raygun. Yep, absolutely. And it, it makes sense just to put it in there. So folks, if you're looking to try something like this that will tell you what your problems are, go check out raygun.com and get a free trial. So yeah, so you, you, you've you talked about length a couple of times. You know, you, you yeah. said, oh, I started working on this and then it was a thousand words, which is longer than I wanted it to be. How, how long is kind of the ideal newsletter that you send? Uh, I don't really like it being too large. That is, right. uh, I don't want it to be in over 2,000 words. Mm-hmm. I, that makes sense. Know, yeah, because uh, people, should, especially, I, I usually take myself as an example. I don't really want to read things that are too long. <laughs> so uh-huh. I, assume, I assume someone else is probably thinking that way so what I try to do is make it a, a sort of like get to the point as fast as possible so I'll probably start with a newsletter and add this all these uh, extra things or colorful language uh, to make a point and once I'm done I'll go back and move all that <laughs> and try to make it as compact as possible so that it's allowed a thousand words Maybe seven to seven hundred to over. I don't really want it going over fifteen hundred, and that's an exemption when it's on the upper side. So mostly between seven hundred and a thousand. That's where I usually target that to be, uh, because I believe like I don't really want to be explaining four concepts in a single issue. That's when you start uh, losing people. I want to explain one concept very well and then leave that concept to the next. And if someone is interested on the previous concept, I can link them back if they are related. And then they can go decide, okay, maybe I don't understand that very well and then go back to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's usually my approach. So, uh, And I try to do it within a single day. I don't really want to be uh, editing the whole newsletter for the whole of Right. <laughs> yeah, I try to say it's going to, out to be, it's going to be going out tomorrow on Monday. I want by Saturday evening, I'm done with everything and it's scheduled to go out. Yep. Yeah. Makes sense. So how many people are subscribed? Can I ask that? Just, I think we passed 300 this week. How long have you been doing this? About six months. Oh, wow. 300 is pretty good. I was surprised. <laughs> I did expect it to get to 100 initially and then got to 100, then 200, <laughs> then 300. Right. <laughs> Yeah, so I would really like it to grow it much faster, to be honest, but I'm mm-hmm. very happy with the current goal I have because every day I'm getting three, four, five subscribers without doing much promotions on it. Makes sense. So what platform are you using? I think I saw Substack somewhere, but I'm not sure if that's... Yeah, yeah. the moment I'm using Substack, and this is an inter- I have a series of tweets somewhere within my profile about moving from Levu. I don't know if you have had it, which is owned by Twitter, uh, towards Substack. A few. Uh, what did you move from? What was that? It's called Levu or Get Levu. I think it's called Levu, but because oh, R E V U E. Yeah, R E V U E. It's owned by Twitter. Uh, uh, it's very good when you're doing uh, curated content. The one thing I really loved about it is that you could connect it to Pocket, you could connect it to Twitter, you could connect it to, to, to Medium. And all you have to do is drag drop content into your newsletter and it, uh, it's very mm-hmm. easy. On the other hand, it's a lot of work to do that <laughs> with Substack right. because you have to copy the title, 
copy mm-hmm. the excerpt, copy the link, and you find yourself you're taking about two, three minutes to just a, add a single entry with Substack. Right. Whereas in the rule, 30 minutes, you have a whole new setup ready to go. So why did you switch? The freeform lighting, which I was, uh, I was trying to do, is what forced me to switch because I tried it on the uh. The editor is not that good for that kind of content where Substack is good. But I was hoping to take off Substack ability to dis- uh, a discovery ability whereby uh, Substack has like this feed for, or you get all your newsletters at the same place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can, op- you can go, it's sort of like a home feed or an inbox. I think it's called Substack inbox. And I can go and see all the newsletters that I've subscribed to that have been published and then recommendation for others. And I was kind of hoping I might take advantage of that. If I'm posting quality content and people want types of content, it's easier to get discovered on uh, Substack instead of Levu. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's yeah, that's the main reason. Uh, in a lot of ways, even initially when I was creating it, it was all about uh, I, ha- I had to choose one between the two pro- uh, the two platforms. And I chose Revu because of its ability to curate content easily. But since I started moving to a different direction, I found myself wanting to have a little bit more flexibility because the way I'm seeing, okay, from my own understanding over the last week, Revu is a lot more like... Uh, blogging platform now than a newsletter platform. Mm-hmm. It does set out the issues, but you get, uh, it's more, I, 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 I feel like I'm writing on something like Medium when I'm writing my issues. Uh, a lot more to ability to embed code blocks and things like that so that my uh, my, my newsletter looks a little bit nice. That and makes sense. It's, uh, yeah, it's a lot of work to do that on Devo. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, the blog I was trying to remember was Angular in Depth, which is now in depth.dev slash ah, Angular. Yeah. yeah. They've they've been around for a long, long, long time. And I they get people from all over the world, which is kind of fun too, because I get to talk to uh, yeah, a lot of people, yeah. 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 I think I have one or two articles in there from somewhere in twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a long time ago. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, very nice one. Cool. So, yeah, I'm really digging this. I, I, I've i been wanting to do a newsletter kind of like what you're doing for a while for each of our communities. Of course, I don't have time to write them all. So I, I'm looking also looking for people to write them. So if you want to be involved in the Angular one, I will find a way to make it worth your while. I, I promise. <laughs> right. You or somebody listening to this. But um, yeah, I mean, that that's the kind of thing that I, I want to do, except on a larger scale, right, where it's, you know, we're curating content for Angular. So we curate some of it into the podcast and some of it into blog posts and some of it into a newsletter and some of it into a conference. And right. So if you're looking for that consistent drip of content, which is I, I feel like what you're doing with TypeScript, then I want you to be able to come here and say, oh, I can go to the online meetup or I can go to this workshop or I can go, you know, um, I, I don't have time to do any of that. So I'm going to go read some blog posts and listen to podcasts in my car. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of like a centralized hub for resources. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I also want to just point out, because we talked a little bit about how you stay up on all the stuff. I am doing a pre-sale for a uh, course on how to stay current. And it's not focused on any given technology. It's just the way that I do it. And I'll just walk you through my process. The pre-sale is $47. The regular pricing is going to be $97. And when I when I set it up, we're actually going to do weekly coaching, basically Q&A and coaching calls. So I'll, I'll provide one of the lessons for the the course and I'll email you when it's up. And then, yeah, you, you can show up and you can say, hey, I watched the video. What about this? Right. And then we can tackle that, whatever it is. And it helps me refine the course, but it also gives folks a chance to get in and, and you know, know a little bit more. So anyway, that was kind of a shameless plug, but it's relevant <laughs> to what we're talking about. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I- I find it uh, important to be able to keep on running or be able to find new resources. Yeah. Because there are a lot of awesome people creating content out there. And those people are probably going to be teaching you a lot more than you're able to go uh, in mm-hmm. order to Google for something, in order to find something either through the search engine. You have to have a, the exact idea on what you are searching for. And sometimes when you're able to listen to other people talk, this content runs on your feet and you're like, oh, I'll never have thought of that. 
and <laughs> you run a lot through that process of being able to know how do I tap into this web of uh, information and filter out to get uh, this useful information to me. Yep. So one other question I have is why TypeScript? You know, why uh, not do a new your GDE <laughs> in Angular? So why not do Angular or? Uh, that's uh, probably that. If you ask me that question, if I had started this, uh, let's say four years ago, it would probably be all things Angular. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So one thing is I have worked with Angular for a very long time, about uh, five years now. Uh-huh. TypeScript allowed the same time because when uh, you, you learn both. Because when I switched from AngularJS to Angular, that's when I started TypeScript. And over the last, after two years of using TypeScript, uh, learning the basic, I realized I'm struggling with some concept. I started asking things like, uh, how do you do, uh, how do you do validation? How do you do this? How do you ensure? Uh, how do you narrow types? And whenever I used to ask people, they are like, eh, no, sometimes we just have to assert things. And I was like, no, I'm not really comfortable doing that because mm-hmm. um, I'm, I, I'm introducing bugs. Uh, probably, I'm not introducing bug intentionally. I'm introducing chances that I, something is not type safe. And so I started to dig deeper into TypeScript and I realized a lot of people don't know this. And so I said about a year ago that now, now that I'm learning TypeScript, I want to teach people how to write TypeScript better, how to make mm-hmm. their, their types much more robust and be able to write this code and understand the inner working of TypeScript so that they are able to take advantages of the futures without compromising on type safety. So I made it my goal. So I started with something I called a byte of TypeScript <laughs> to need a whole back up to this year, allowed um, January, February, but I was not able to consistently be able to deliver content every week. So sometimes I'll be once in a month. Sometimes I'll go two months before I publish something. Sometimes I'll publish three weeks in a row. And this is the consistency which I decided, no, this is not acceptable. I need to do this week in, week out. And the only way I'll be able to do this is have a newsletter and have an obligation. Every Monday, I have to send something out. And that's how I started out. And the last six months, apart from a few old Mondays here and there, I've been able to consistently deliver at least four articles every every month uh, for the last uh, up to August. Now I'm treating around six, seven, eight articles every month, issues every month. Right. That's that's the part I surprised myself about. I never thought, I thought maybe within three weeks I'll be tired and be like, ah, no, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> let's find something else to play with. And now I'm thinking about uh, maybe I need to be doing this, uh, to be growing this platform and making it bigger and creating a community around it so that people are able to learn TypeScript. So I, I think I did not mention this in the post previously, but I have a very small community on Discord, which I'm, uh, I'm trying to, uh, to grow. At the moment, about 20 people, but it's an area where people can come, ask their question, drop their code, get it reviewed, and, and we interact and grow together as a community. Makes sense. Yeah. So one other question that I have is regarding Substack. So Substack, and I went and looked at Review, and they do the same thing where you can do a paid subscription to newsletters. Is that something you're looking at doing, or is it going to remain uh, free? or? At the moment, I think it's going to remain free for for the as far as I know. I have to figure out of a way to monetize it. So if you think you can, you want to sponsor my content, mm-hmm. <laughs> feel free to reach out. Uh, we'll we'll work out on a deal on around that. But my goal at the moment is to keep it as free as possible, and then figure out how. Initially, if I decide uh, maybe this is something I want to do full time, this is something I want to focus added percent instead of uh, mm-hmm. uh, working, then I have to figure out a way to monetize it without uh, uh, sort of like uh, having a paid subscription. One way I'm thinking of doing that is sort of like introducing workshops. And uh-huh. then this would probably uh, bring in a, le- uh, a sort of like enough revenue while also keeping it free, uh, helping sort of like right. sponsor that. And then the, the newsletter sort of like works like an advertisement board for for the workshops, but still working on that along that way. 
Yeah, there's also challenges with uh, sort of like monetizing with Substack and Level. In that, in uh, like in Kenya, I can't be able to monetize it even if I wanted to sort of like uh, paid subscription. I'll probably have to create an LLC company somewhere in the United States if I wanted to do that. <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> I don't really think I want to do that at, at any time soon. Makes yeah, sense. So, yeah, so for now, it's, it remains free and I hope that's going to be the case for the as long as possible in the future. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else that that you're working on that people should be aware of? <laughs> uh, the only thing I would really like to mention is I have a VS Code extension which I created last month. Uh-huh. Uh, and the essence of it is that, you see, whenever you go to, let's say, an open source project and you want to, you, you see an imported uh, NPM package and you're like, uh, how, do I, uh, how do I find this? So most of the time you should copy it, go to Google, paste it, and then go to the NPM package on NPM. So this one sort of like provides you with the links directly to NPM. Uh, if they have a website, they send you to the website, open an issue, and also GitHub or GitHub repository or whichever uh, repository they are using. So mm-hmm. it's something I'm, I'm working on. It's a problem I usually have a lot because whenever I say, uh, especially when you're onboarding employees, when you're working in the legacy code, you always come up with this uh, uh, do this, and you have never used that package before. Uh, that uh, that that uh, that package before, and you have you want to go directly to the documentation or go directly to the repository and read what it's all about, and then decide how to proceed from there. So this sort of like helps you skip that uh, initial step and go directly mm-hmm. to where I think uh, it matters go to go directly to the resources themselves instead having of having to jump through a few hoops like going through Google or maybe even sort of like uh, creating the NPM link yourself. So that's the basic idea. Yeah, mostly created for me, but I know another person who finds it's very useful. <laughs> Good deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, so how do people so find it? Do they just look up the extension? Yeah, it's called, uh, it's on uh, VS Code. I'm trying to sort of like, at the moment, it's on the VS Code Marketplace, which is hosted by Microsoft. Uh, but at the moment, I'm trying to sort of like uh, the one that the one by Eclipse so that it's on both, so that it works on any VS Code, any, uh, what is it called? Any editor or code editor that is compatible with VS Code, uh, VS Code extensions so there's one for eclipse i don't know what it's called to be honest i have no idea it's uh, it's <laughs> it's found it's <laughs> it's it's money it's uh, by eclipse the code editor the uh-huh. code editor and it's uh, more it's uh, more like uh, if you you are supposed to publish on both so that it's because the marketplace by, by VS Code, can you cannot access it if you are not VS Code. So something like uh, VS Codeium, all those mm-hmm. third-party tools cannot access extensions on uh, the marketplace by Microsoft. So this allows you to sort of like have your extension work on both. Get uh, is available on uh, more, uh, a wide array of editors that are compatible that use the same format as VS Code. Yep. Yes, assuming I didn't butcher the <laughs> explanation for them. So the package is called an NPM imported package links, which is confusing <laughs> a little bit because mm-hmm. it also works with the uh, package.json. So if you're on the package.json and go to a dependency, you'll be able to get uh, those links. Uh, as well, not just inside the TS and JavaScript files. At the moment, I'm looking to expand it to work with require. At the moment, it just works with the uh, script modules. Uh, so a few features that I'm trying to work on so that it's more useful, especially with the old legacy code that uses are required. Yeah. Yep. yeah. In a lot of ways, I usually say this was a fun project that I never thought I would ever <laughs> be able to. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, I think it'd be fun to write a VS Code extension. It, uh, uh, the documents, uh, the documentation is a little bit. Uh, what is it called? Out of date. Not out of date, but whenever I looked at the documentation initially, it was like, no, I'll never be able to do this. So sort of like uh, not very clear. I'm not sure why, <laughs> especially if you're uh-huh. a Malaysian reader. So every time I would look at this, I'm like, no, I have no idea. <laughs> Despite them being detailed, I would be like, no, I have no idea how to do this. And you have to sort of like uh, figure out a lot of things by yourself or things, uh, how to connect different details here and there. Like, how do you connect? Uh, you have the code for the extension. How do you make sure when you're on the correct file, 
uh, the uh-huh. extension is active, otherwise it's not. How do you, how when is it activated? And it's like that. And those are the challenges that uh, I had to overcome. I had to watch a few YouTube videos on how people do that. But mm-hmm. the more the more I worked with it, the more I found it naturally made sense for me. Awesome. Well, yeah, we'll encourage people to go check that out. Sounds pretty handy. Yeah, so I hope if I come across any issues, <laughs> just let me know. <laughs> so have you had any people reach out to you about any of this work? or Just uh, one. Uh, a whole back. Uh, I think that was last week. So for the most part, um, still, uh, I, I think I don't really do a very good job of promoting it, which is something I'm working on. But uh, yeah, I have come a few com- uh, one one company from last week because I'm uh, at the moment I'm still interviewing. I don't really have a job, so in the uh. interview process, so a company was like, I uh, saw this recruiter was like, no, I saw I saw I saw your articles uh, or your issues. They were very impressive, and then I saw you're looking for work, <laughs> so we contacted you. So it okay, works like that. So. Just one for the time being, but I'm hoping for more in the future, and more, more opportunities around the more podcast opportunities, more speaking engagements, uh, and uh, other opportunities that help me grow as well. Cool. All right. Well, um, I don't know if I have anything else to bring up. I mean, this is this is cool. This is definitely you know an angle that I want to tackle. I'm trying to decide if yeah, I want to use something like Substack or if I want to just build it all into Active Campaign, which is what I'm using to manage my email list these days, right? And just say, "Hey, you're on the Angular list or the Ruby list or the whatever." And the reason that I would do that is because I would be setting up multiple streams. Yeah, multiple streams, yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah I it like the approach. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it might not work, make sense to work with Substack because I'm not sure if it can do exactly what you want. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe something else I have seen a lot of people uh, say might be good about that. I haven't explored that angle for it yet. It's Ghost. It's more of like a micro... Okay, I want to say it's a headless CMS, but well, it's yeah. moving away from that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, it's uh, f- newsletter features are g- getting much, much better at the moment and might be easier to sort of like have different lists within the same content platform and you're able to say, send this to that and send this to that. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Hi, this is Charles Maxwood from Top End Devs. And lately I've been coaching some people on starting some podcasts and in some cases, just taking their career to the next level. You know, whether you're beginner going to intermediate, intermediate going to advanced, whether you're trying to get noticed in the community or go freelance, I've been helping these folks figure out how to get in front of people, how to build relationships and how to build their careers and max out and and just go to the next level. So if you're interested in talking to me and having me help you go to the next level, Go to topendevs.com slash coaching. I will give you a one hour free session where we can figure out what you're trying to do, where you're trying to go and figure out what the next steps are. And then from there, we can figure out how to get you to the place you want to go. So once again, that's topendevs.com slash coaching. All right. Well, I think I'm going to push this over into the next segment of the show, which is picks. And since you've been around the block before, I'm just going to go ahead and throw out some picks. So when I do picks, I usually pick a board game first. And I've picked it enough times that I can remember which one I'm going to pick this time. It's a board game. So some friends of mine and I got together and uh, played some games last Wednesday, I think. And so it's entirely possible I picked this last week and don't remember. But the, the game I'm going to pick is called Irish Gage. And it's a relatively simple game on Board Game Geek. It has a weight of 2.36 out of 5. So, you know, it's kind of casual gamer plus a little. And effectively, if you've played, it's it's really funny. It's like Ticket to Ride meets Acquire meets Settlers of Catan. So if you've played all of those games, um, Acquire is probably the only one that you, you all haven't played. And it's super fun. So Acquire is Stocks you build a company on the on the board and you buy stocks and you collect dividends which is something you do in Irish Gage. So the difference is is it's not there's supposed to be hotel chains in acquire uh it's train lines in Irish Gage and it's in Ireland, right? So it just spans the whole island. 
of Ireland. So uh, the way that it works is the trains all start in specific places and they, you know, they're major cities and then they're kind of countryside and then they're kind of harder terrain to build through. And so um, you can build multiple train lines on the same space unless it's a harder terrain space. And so you're building these train lines, you're trying to connect cities. And at any point you can build train lines, you can auction off stock. But in order to auction stock, except for the very beginning of the game, you have to be able to you have to be able to make the the bid, the starting bid. Okay. So if you want to auction off a red train line stock, then you have to pay whatever the face value is on it. And then somebody may bid you up, right? And then you collect dividends and you can call for dividends at any point too. And that's when you get paid out. And it's based on the number of trains in the line, the number of cities that goes through and the type of cities it goes through. And, you know, there's a way of determining, you know, which ones pay out and which ones don't, Um, which cities pay out. Every, Every train line usually pays out every time. So anyway, so that's kind of the way that that goes. And then you're you're building trains. So you can build trains and you can build it through that train. So anyway, so it's kind of fun because you're, you know, you're trying to get the train lines to connect to stuff. You kind of want to strategically call for dividends, right? Because you don't want to make somebody else richer than you that may then go and buy stocks that you want kind of thing, right? Sometimes you wind up working together. Like when, when I played... I think I came in second place and it it was because there was another guy that was working with me. We owned two of the same, we had equal shares in two of the same train lines. And so it was advantageous for us to build those two train lines up because we could get them where we wanted them and then to diversify into the other interests we had, right? So I owned another stock in another train line. So anyway, so it was fun. There were five of us playing. Board Game Geek says it's the best experience with four. It says it takes about an hour to play, and that pretty much squares with what we went through. And the I think my uh, 11-year-old could play this game. So my 6-year-old couldn't. My 11-year-old could. So yeah, so it's pretty fun. I mean, sometimes you have to think for a minute before you decide what the best course of action is or how you want to build that train line out. But yeah, it, it was fun, super fun. So I'm going to pick it. Um, they do have two other games that are kind of follow-on games for Irish Gage. I don't remember what they're called, and I'm not going to look them up right now. But just be aware that there are, they get more complex as they go. So, you know, one of them was Iberian Gage. And so it was like Spain and Portugal. I can't remember for sure. And then the other one was, uh, yeah, it was another train. But they they add elements to the gameplay. Now, the the games, my friend that had them all, he opened them all up and all of the instructions for all three games come one sheet front and back for each game. So it really isn't that complicated as far as the rules go. The complication comes when you're trying to just figure out which thing to do, right? Is this the best time to get dividends? Do I want to try and connect to that city first? Stuff like that. So anyway, Irish Gage, fun game. Really, really enjoyed it. So yeah, I'm uh, I, I I dig it. I'm going to pick that. And then the other things that I'm going to shout out about. So I did mention the How to Stay Current course. I'll put a link to that in the show notes because it's going to be awesome. Um, and I think it's a killer deal, like a ridiculous killer deal for 50 bucks to basically get like 10 weeks of weekly calls with me where I show you how to stay current on stuff and how to um, evaluate and then learn what you need to learn. So. Anyway, um, I'm also revamping the coursing structure for, or coursing, the coaching structure. So you can go check that out at de- uh, topendevs.com slash coaching. And then finally, I do want to shout out about Angular uh, Dev Summit or Angular Remote Conf. I, I own both domains and I've called it both things. It's going to be Angular Remote Conf. It looks like it's probably going to be in like January or February. But if you want to speak, the CFP is open. If you want to uh, be involved in other ways, you are welcome to do that. and. Uh, yeah. Uh, beyond that, um, I don't think I have any other picks. So I've just kind of been heads down, hammering out top end devs. One thing that I am looking to do next, though, that you may want to be aware of, so just keep an ear open, I'll let you know when I do it, is uh, I'm pulling together, I'm going to be doing weekly video series 
And so it's going to be, it's kind of like what you're doing with all about TypeScript, except it's going to be videos. And, uh, there, I, I'm going to put out two a week and one of them will be a paid subscription. So, you know, if you want to just subscribe to the free, that's fine. Feelings not hurt. But if you want to double it up, then you can. So anyway, those are my picks. Mina, what are your picks? <laughs> yeah, I was listening to you talking to, about the game and sort of like uh, became a little bit no, nostalgic because reminded me of a game. I think it was called Dero Track. We used to play a long time ago. And it was all about deliveries on these uh, loads where you come get, uh, you have this truck, come get uh, this container, deliver it to point B and so on. And one thing we used to love to do when we are doing that is go into the game, read all the music that came with the game, then add your own game. And in this case, it means adding Dega into the game. And then you could have like this rolly blasting down a hill <laughs> with Dega blasting into your headphones. And it was much, much fun whereby you are competing any money a sort of like a brick upgrading the track, sort of like making this fun when you're playing with friends. So I think I'm going to pick that. <laughs> it's also something I came with, but sort of like I had what you said and I was like, uh, no, I remember something I, I used to love to do a few years back or more like uh, not a few years back, almost a decade, I think, by now. So <laughs> there's that. So the second thing is, I think there's this book I just got started by... Um, I think it's called Josh. So learning TypeScript. I bought it a whole back, but uh, at the moment, like my book catalog is huge. So I'm picking one book at a time and having fun learning and seeing like a different perspective of TypeScript from and learning new things, which I had not thought of, which is a book I would really, really recommend. It's called Learning TypeScript. And that really, in terms of like uh, what I'm up to, I'm looking forward to, this is the DevFest season. That is the Google DevFest. So next week, I'm headed to Rwanda for a GTE summit for after Sub-Saharan Africa. And then looking forward to going to DevFest Kigali, where I'll get to meet these amazing people. That will be on uh, from 21st all the way to 24th. And then I'm also looking to get into video streaming once in a week or once in a while. And most of that content is going to be around Angular and also me doing, or more like not doing, more like uh, struggling to do stuff like uh, <laughs> I haven't planned to do. And then you mm-hmm. can sort of like uh, come and uh, especially for the new ones, when you, you see someone else struggling to do some of the basic stuff, it's uh, inspiring. <laughs> or you can keep calling me an idiot in the process. <laughs> so those are kind of the things I'm looking forward to. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, if people want to connect with you or subscribe to the newsletter, where, where do they go? So all things typescript.dev is the, the domain for the all things typescript. Uh, you can connect with me on Twitter at uh, mycliff underscore dev. Minor Wycliffe is already taken. I don't mm-hmm. know by who. <laughs> but everywhere, <laughs> every, everywhere else is uh, Minor Wycliffe on GitHub and everything else is always Minor Wycliffe. <laughs> all right, <laughs> good deal. Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Should probably find that guy and buy him out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, good deal. We'll go ahead and wrap up here. Thanks for coming. This was fun. Yeah, I really enjoyed that today. I really enjoyed talking about all things TypeScript. I haven't talked about it before. So, like, exciting. And also, love running. You are looking to doing something similar. And I hope we get to work together at some point on a few other things. And oh, yeah. be back at some point in the future on Adventures in Angular. <laughs> all right. Sounds good. Yeah. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C A C H E F L Y dot com to learn more.